This is the Housemade Podcast. We're your hosts, John Vieira and Nick Bobbin. We're here to cover your questions about home bartending. So let's get into it. And welcome back to another episode of the Housemade Podcast. Today, we wanted to talk to you guys all about bitters. Yeah, totally. Bitters are, I mean, they've been around forever, right? They used to be, <laughs> they used to just be handed out for every ailment you could think of. Yeah, um, especially in the early, was it 19th century? <clears throat> when the, uh, so 1800s? I think it dates even before that. Oh, yeah, because it was a medicinal purpose. So you're talking about uh, dissolving flavors and alcohol because alcohol is a really good dissolvent, right? It helps pull everything all those, all those flavors and spices and, and all that. And so originally what they were used for was, was a medicinal purpose. They were kind of, they were kind of sold as medicine. Yeah. Which, which, I mean, I guess for, as far as stomach ailments and things like that, um, it's pretty smart, really. Yeah, totally. Right? I mean, that's kind Here's, of the whole point of like a digestif or an mm-hmm. aperitif or something like that is it stimulates your digestive system. Totally. It helps sell your stomach. Uh, and then the snake oil salesman got a hold of them and they sold them to cure cancer and diabetes and all kinds of other things that it doesn't do. Yeah, there's no way to like quantify that. There's no <laughs> proof or anything. So they would sell you this stuff and you would just buy it hoping that yeah. it did something. But sometime around there, when these guys were hawking this stuff as medicine, it kind of made its way into cocktails. Yeah, it seems like it kind of, I don't know, I guess Blew that, up in that time frame. Yeah, that kind of like once you enter the 19th century and you kind of start looking at cocktails coming onto the map and, and stuff like that. Some of those early cocktails were like three ingredients and one oh, yeah. of them was bitters. bitters was the, yeah. So... Yeah, I guess. Uh, okay, so what? So I guess what are bitters? What are, like what are they used for? Well, they're used for two main purposes in a cocktail, right? So when you look at bitters, if you're going to go buy anything off the shelf, it's going to fall into one of two categories. Those two categories that we have are lifting and binding. Okay. So when you think about cooking and you want to season something, or maybe you have a dish that's prepared mm-hmm. and you want to add a little something on the top. Uh, that would be the equivalent of like lifting bitters. Okay. They're simple. They're comprised from like one or two main ingredients and flavors gotcha. or aromatics. They're not as complex. There's not a whole bunch going on. A really, really classic example of this is orange bitters. Oh, okay. So it adds a little something to your drink. It gives you a little oranginess. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives you that that kind of aromatic, a little bit of that flavor, but it's very simple. It's kind of delicate depending on what they are and how they were made. Um, but it's, it's kind of similar to like adding nutmeg or something on top of a drink. It's kind of gotcha. just that little extra. Yeah. Uh, now, on the other side of that, you've got binding. And these are the big, nasty, complex ones. They've got all kinds of really deep, rich flavors like coffee and, you know, allspice and stuff like that going on. Um, and their job is to kind of act like the glue. They kind of round out flavors they kind of soften some of these edges Mm -hmm. so you know a really great example of that is like what angostura bitters does in a manhattan gotcha okay all right um it's kind of the middleman between the whiskey and the vermouth Mm. and that's all it's in there and so they do a really great job of being complex and very aromatic uh having a lot of ingredients but acting as kind of like that middleman in a cocktail so they're essentially 
the spices for cocktails. Yeah, yeah. If you if you think about it, like cooking, like making a cocktail, like you would get in your mm-hmm. kitchen and cook a meal. Yeah, and you're talking about you're talking about lifting and binding being something as like salt to garlic, like yeah. and everything in between. Absolutely. Yeah, your bitters rack is essentially your spice rack for the liquor world. Gotcha. Okay. So obviously when you really want to play around and make all kinds of crazy stuff, it's nice to have a lot of different bitters. Yeah. Each one kind of lends its, its hand to something different. And I mean, you'd have to do a lot of experimenting to really pinpoint the absolute best use uh, for something, but there's a lot of stuff online that can get you started in that direction. Yeah. You know, if you, if you are at home and you have like, I don't know, two or three different kinds of bitters, Mm -hmm. you can kind of Google like, Cocktails to make with yeah, them like or what, whatever. What yeah. would be popular um, choices to do, to use this for? Mm, okay. Um, different base spirits, things yeah. like that as well. Okay. Um, so then just on this linear path here of cocktail bitters, it's important, I think, maybe to touch on that they do actually contain alcohol. Yeah, most of the time. There are a few examples that we'll talk about that don't, which is actually kind of strange because at that point it's just a like, flavoring, yeah. really. Uh, but yeah, they well, essentially that's what it is too. Cause like perfume is alcohol and you dissolve yeah. aromatics into a perfume, right? Right. Or into, into essentially ethanol. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. a, it's a solvent uh, essentially. So <clears throat> yeah. Which is why it's flammable. Like yeah. when you were a kid and you always lit the perfume on, did you ever do that? I never hold, did. Hold the lighter and, and like spray your yeah. perfume. I always wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. It was... I don't think my mom ever like had any <clears throat> perfume anywhere I could get. It was probably expensive Sorry, for that reason. So, um, so, yeah, so the, most of them do contain alcohol and actually quite a bit of alcohol at Yeah, that. most of them are like 45%. They're like even stronger in regular spirits. Yeah, yeah, they really are. And they're considered, uh, at least around here, I don't know if things are different anywhere else, but they're considered non-potable. Yeah, and so that is actually part of the United States government. Um, so it all started with this act called the Pure Food and Drug Act of 1906, and it was one of many acts that Congress passed uh, for consumer protection because different things were getting added into food products and not being disclosed. And so people are literally dying when they consume stuff. Uh, and so that act was one of first of many that actually led to the, the um, FDA that now regulates all of our food that we put out. Um, so to actually be considered non-potable and be governed by the FDA, you actually have to ask the the TTB, which is the guys that regulate the uh, drugs and alcohol, well, mostly alcohol and tobacco and firearms, and tell them like, hey, I'm making I'm making this thing uh, that's all alcohol, but you wouldn't want to consume it. It's kind of like uh, I heard a great analogy today. It was it's like the uh, the difference between a vanilla extract and a vanilla vodka, right? Hmm. So they both contain alcohol. They're both the same proof. The difference is, is that the vanilla vodka is vodka that's flavored with a little bit of vanilla as to where the vanilla extract is mostly vanilla flavoring dissolved in alcohol. So one is you'd want to drink and one might actually upset your stomach. Yeah. Alcohol has to act as the base. Yeah. And in that situation, when you look at the compound and so... I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Like, you wouldn't take a shot of vanilla extract. Well, I, at least you shouldn't. No. But, you know, if I knew that as a kid growing up, I probably would have. 
Yeah, I probably would have too. <laughs> Curiosity gets you the best, you know. It does. But when you're a kid, like a lot of alcohol is really gross. Like think about it, you just oh, search yeah, through totally. your parents' liquor cabinet and you'd take a drink of something. Like even <sighs> if it was the best stuff ever, yeah. you were like, oh my God, this is terrible. Yep. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, it is considered non-potable, which is why they sell it in grocery stores. It's not regulated like alcohol. You don't need to be 21 to buy it either, which is hilarious. Yeah, it is kind of it is kind of funny to think about because like Angostura, for example, is a staple in the bar community. And I don't mean just used as bitters. I mean, people really enjoy the taste of it. Mm-hmm. They'll take shots of it. They'll drink like literally a glass of it. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's supposed to be considered non-potable, but it's actually pretty good. It's really good. Um, okay, so what's next on our lineage? Uh, so... As you're looking at bitters, there's a huge variety of stuff that you can buy online, especially you may not find a whole bunch in your area. You'll find kind of the common ones that you may have heard of, like Fee Brothers uh, is available at most of the liquor stores here. Angostura is obviously everywhere. It's at most of the grocery stores. It's that one with the oversized uh, white label mm-hmm. and the little yellow cap. Yeah, yeah. Very recognizable. Uh, another one that you may find that's very popular, you may or may not find this one, is called Peixos Bitters. Um, it's P-E-Y-C-H-A-U-D apostrophe S. If you're like the rest of us and you call it Peixods, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Until today, I've called it Peixods. Yep, me too. Um, But Peixos bitters, um, it was uh, just another, I think he was a doctor or something uh, in... Louisiana, I think. Yeah, Louisiana somewhere. And and he was just one of these notable um, bitters, peddlers, I guess. And... um, I don't know exactly what his lineage is. I didn't look into it, but they became very popular for specific cocktails that came out of like New Orleans, especially. So like the Sazerac is one of these cocktails we've talked about before that is actually trademarked. So you can't put a Sazerac on your drink menu legally unless you're using Peixos bitters in it. Um, quick Google search. Uh, Peixos. 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 Uh was from New Orleans, uh, invented by Antonio, a name I can't pronounce, Peixot, uh, who had an apothecary in the French quarters in the 1830s, and his aromatic bitter cordial was advertised uh, in 1857 as by being put into the Sazerac. That was the way that you consumed your medicine, was to put it in your cocktail. Boy, that's clever. Mm. That's actually really smart. Uh, pay shows you guys might have seen before, might've seen a bottle of it. It's very, very deep red color. I guess maybe not deep. It's bright red. It, it looks very similar like Campari. Yeah. Almost. Oh yeah. Uh, but it's got kind of that like anise sort of flavor to it. Um, super anise heavy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, uh, a binding bitter as mm-hmm. we talked about earlier. It's got a lot of complex flavors and it acts. So it's more like the garlic. Yeah. It acts like the glue. Um, and it tastes great with Angostura as well. There's several cocktails that will um, that we'll see that use both, actually. Mm. Um, but anyway, yeah, so those are some ones that you might find locally. However, if you go and look online, there is so many that you'll have access to. And some of these brands are really great. We've actually used uh, some of these before, and they would be amazing to stock in your home bar to have some variety. Yeah. Uh, some of these uh, would include like Bitterman's. Bitter Cube or actually Bitter Truth are some that we have sitting on the table next to us right mm-hmm. here that we'll look at as well. Now, a lot of these companies, they have all your your uh, basic uh, 
flavors, I guess, if you will, covered. They've got like an orange bitters. Mm -hmm. They've got like some kind of aromatic bitter that's very similar to like an Angostura. Mm -hmm. Uh, These guys here, uh, Bitter Truth, we have a Creole bitters here that's uh, essentially mimicking like a Pacio. Yeah. Um, And so there's all these different ones. Yeah, do like celery. That's a pretty common one I see. Celery is supposed to be a really big one for... Like Bloody Marys and stuff, because yeah. you always oh, use yeah. like celery salt mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But it's supposed to just kind of give you more a of that extra. Yeah. Um, these guys, they probably have way more than this too. What's what's the? Uh, is it Bitter Cube, the one we have at the bar? Uh, we have Bitterman's. Oh, Bitterman's, and man, they make some really good ones. Bitterman's. They got what like Hellfire. Yep. They so and I just tried those the other day. They're fantastic. It's what? actually a shrub. It's a bit, it's a shrub vinegar based style bitters. And it is, if you taste it, it's incredibly tart and and vinegary. Hmm. Uh, But when you put it in a drink, a lot of that goes away, but you get that punch and they're actually really spicy. (laughs) Um, I mean, it's called hellfire and hope it was spicy. Yes. uh, Matt and I put that in a daiquiri the other day with a little bit of the Ancho Reyes Verde liqueur. Oh yeah. And it was great. Um, So they've got... A few different ones. They don't have quite as many offerings as some of these other brands, but they do what they do extraordinarily well. Yeah. So they've got a mole bitters. That was good. That's yeah. fantastic. Oh, they've got tiki bitters. Those tiki bitters. That's crazy because that literally smells like a Dr. Pepper extract. Yeah. It's crazy. What would we put those in? We, we had them in a cocktail at the bar. They were in the tiki sour. Oh, you know what it was? And they were it in. It was the Sharpie mustache. Yeah, Sharpie out mustache. Of, out of, uh. Southern yeah, yeah. Oh man, but we can't get Bonal anymore, which was one of the four main ingredients here. So it's been well, really hard to continue to drink. That. Yeah, and you and you had to adapt that recipe in the first place because one of the ingredients uh, in his book was actually something different as well. So uh, you you had done an adaptation to it originally anyway. Gotcha. That was still good. Good drink though. Yeah. Well, those bitters are incredible because they they play sort of the role that they're a lifter. Would you? Uh, I'd say they probably fall more into the binding, Binder. Okay. but they probably float in that gray area because they gotcha. have certain qualities that act like a lifting mm-hmm. bitters, but they're so complex and have so much going on that they're kind of binding. Yeah, yeah. So they are kind of an anomaly. But uh, anyway, yeah, so Bitterman's make some great stuff. I like that all their stuff's in the dropper as well because it's really mm-hmm. easy to control how much you're you're putting into your cocktail. Yeah. Uh, Bitter Cube, though, is another brand that does some incredible stuff, and they have a ton of different flavors so for your home bar it's amazing because you can keep this stuff on hand they have like a vanilla cherry blossom one. Oh, that's badass um they've got all your usual suspects right they've got like an orange one but they also have like um what are they called they're like jamaican bitters or something uh-huh. like that so they've got like some funky kind of stuff i mean the point of all this is that there's so many brands and so many yeah. different kind of uh flavor profiles out there that if you guys are interested in jumping into the world of bitters, all you got to do is Google it, yeah. and you will find so much stuff. Uh, we should also uh, shout out to the local guys. Warren Reserve. Yeah, Warren. Yeah, uh, They just made it into liquor stores, too, which nice. is a big deal for them. So those guys have been at it for a while. We've used their products um, in the bar for... They have like at least four, they, four to six-ish now, I think. Yeah, so they have their Emmett Cherry ones that yep. come out. I think they're like, they're seasonal, gotcha. if I am not mistaken, or at least they used to be. They've got an aromatic. They've got a coffee pecan. They've got orange. 
and then they, they have a lavender now too. they have I a think. lavender now and they just recently did that uh 509 oh which is like a toasted almond yeah kind of almost like like an the, orgeat style yeah almost like the bitters version of an orgeat yeah or something. Totally. oh and i think they have a ginger one too oh do they okay so i think yeah they've got a bunch of new ones actually <clears throat> cool uh, but yeah, those guys are, are local here in, uh, the Boise Nampa area. If you guys are around there, you can snag some of their stuff as well. Um, but yeah, the point of all that is that they're everywhere. If you know what to look for and know where to mm-hmm. buy them online, cause a lot of this stuff you won't necessarily find in the store, but, um, on top of all this, we wanted to talk about. Well, making oh, them yeah. yourself. Mostly because when you're like, oh man, I'm excited. I want to go check out all these bitters. They're crazy expensive. They're mm-hmm. like $15 for a four ounce bottle. Yeah, they're they're not cheap. You'll, now, have, a, you'll have a heart attack. You don't use a lot of them. No, it'll last you forever. So it'll last a long time, but to buy a lot of different options, it's yeah. going to cost you. Yeah. So there's a book that we love. Um, it's by Brad Thomas Parsons. It's just called Bitters. It's a fantastic book. Buy it on Amazon. Buy it on Amazon. It's pretty cheap. Um, It's like 15 bucks. He also has one on Amaro, which we're going to talk about in another episode as well, if you guys don't know what that is. Um, But it's a fantastic book. (laughs) I still don't have that book back, by the way. Yeah. That's probably just gone forever. (laughs) Yeah. I should just buy a new one. Uh, It's loaded cover to cover with information about bitters and about practical application in cocktails and how neat they are. But it also has a ton of recipes, and these are starting points, right? You don't necessarily have to follow these recipes 100%. They are really, really fantastic starting points, though. Um, and so in order to make your own bitters... Super easy. It's incredibly easy. It's just an infusion, right? So all all we're going to do is we're going to take, like, a mason jar or any kind of glass would be the best if you have it. So any kind of glass container with a lid that will seal... And you're going to put some high-proof spirit in there. It can be Everclear. It could be high-proof vodka. Everclear works best. Um, if you're going to do anything less, so the Everclear you can buy around here is only 75%, so it's 151. Yeah. That's the I've, – I've applied for – to get the bigger <laughs> ones, and the state told me no. Yeah. Bitters aren't a thing you can do with it, apparently. Oh. Um, anyways, uh, so, yeah, uh, I was going to say for proof-wise, Hunter proof or greater so like yeah i've also used um like wild turkey 101 as a base for bitters before too which is a pretty good base because it's relatively cheap yeah anything that's cheap i think i used like a like a bonded ezra brooks or something mm-hmm. like like i don't know if that was what it was but something kind of like you know like a cheaper bourbon that yeah. was just pretty hot totally or or even vodkas they make a hunter proof vodkas too right anything that's high proof i mean you could technically use like a high proof rum but you're probably going to get a lot of other like extra flavors in there um anything high proof 100 or greater will do the job the everclear if you can find that will technically work the best because it's 151 it's just a little bit hotter um but yeah basically all you're going to do is you're going to take some of that high proof spirit Mm -hmm. and you're going to put it in your glass container and then you're going to decide what flavors you want to put in your bitters. Mm-hmm. And this is going to take some experimentation. You can look at recipes to get an idea. But essentially, let's say you were like, all right, I want to do a cinnamon cocoa bitters. Mm. That sounds pretty good, that right? sounds pretty good. Coming into fall, that might yep. be great. So you're like, all right, well, let me take some um, some dark chocolate or some cocoa nibs or something like that. 
We'll throw that in there to let it infuse. And uh, maybe we'll take some whole cinnamon sticks and we'll throw those in there. Yep. Uh, what else? You know, maybe, maybe even like an orange peel. Orange peel. Maybe you want a little vanilla in there. You oh, can go yeah. as complex as you want. Uh, but it really helps to look at one of these recipes and see sort of the mm-hmm. ratios because you can't really go wrong. But if you get that ratio correct, you're going to end up. That's with, the difference between like banging and like, yeah. Right, because if you get like, for instance, you're you're making a cinnamon style bitters, you want to have a good amount of cinnamon in there. But if it's only cinnamon, it's gonna taste taste like you just took cinnamon extract yeah. and like poured it in your drink. So you do have to play around with it a little bit. Last uh, last year, we for the bar we made an apple cinnamon bitters mm-hmm. uh, that we used for our apple or what was it cinnamon, cinnamon apple, apple mule. mule yeah, yep. and it turned out really great. And I don't remember exactly what we put in there, but the point is that. The options are endless. So especially if you guys like to cook, you know all about spices and seasonings and things that would pair well together. And you can even jump online and look at uh, like flavor affinities, stuff like the Flavor Bible. Oh, yeah. Um, If you don't have the Flavor Bible yet, buy it. And especially for cocktails, buy the vegetarian version. Yeah, it leaves all the like meat proteins out, of, it, out yeah. of the equation. So, which you don't usually put meat in your cocktail unless you're doing like a bacon infused. If you have a blender, you can. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's just a different flavor. <laughs> but yeah, the flavor bible is great. But you can find a lot of that information, a lot of that stuff online if you don't own a copy of it. Yeah, uh, which is really nice because then you know, like the flavor affinities, essentially what those are, are things that are just overwhelmingly fantastic combinations, like. You know, I don't have a specific one in the top of my head, but when you look at this book, it's really, really well laid out. So they'll have, you know, good combinations. And Mm -hmm. then the ones that are like capitalized and bolded are like, you need to try this. Like, this is the combination. Uh, And so it's really helpful because you can look through there and you can be like, oh, let's put a little of this in there. Let's try a little bit of this. And uh, you can make these. You make these bitters kind of small batch to see if you like the recipe, and then you can make them larger scale if you want to mm-hmm. as well. So one bottle of Everclear, you could probably do like three or four batches, different yeah. uh, different bitters and try them. So a really cool book. Um, uh, oh, so I guess going on uh, with making your own, it's mm-hmm. important. Let them sit. The longer they sit, the better. Two oh, weeks. Yeah. Two yep. weeks is the minimum. Um, and now they're going to, especially if you're using Everclear, they're going to come out hot. They're going to come out 75% ABV. You want them to be tamed down into the 40s. Yeah, so mid-40s probably. Yeah. You'll probably have to, after you strain every all the, all the stuff out of it and it's a nice clear, you're going to have to do what all distillers do and add water and maybe a little bit of sugar to it to kind of beef up. That way you can actually taste it. <laughs> right. That is a really good point. And the Bitters book talks about that as well in all the recipes. Um he talks about the process of doing that with the specific quantities that he's listed. Mm-hmm. He'll tell you exactly how much water and sugar to add back for those recipes, and then you can kind of take it from yeah. there and do you can, you can it's, it's just basic math. You can get the formula online, yep. too, to dilute. And like I said, we've, we've kind of played around and made some different bitters from time to time just for different situations, and some of them have turned out amazing. Some of them have just been okay, but they... Kind of work. They kind of led us to a different recipe that yeah. made, that worked a little bit better. You know, the one that I've never actually got figured out was I did a hibiscus one. Mm-hmm. It was so dainty. The color was dope. We used to use it just to change the color of the cocktail, but you couldn't taste it. You know, I feel like with with some of that stuff that's really dainty, like lavender and hibiscus, 
you almost have to take a page out of uh, Roku's book, and I think you maybe you distill, or you, sorry, it wouldn't <clears throat> be distilling. Uh, yeah, you steep it separately, yeah. and then add your other flavors to it. Yeah, so you could almost uh, you could almost Blend, make yeah yeah you could make a a bitters that had some lavender in there, maybe some vanilla. You do kind of this whole complex uh, sort of thing. And then you could make some on the side that are just like bam, full strength lavender. And then you could blend those yeah. to get the results that you want. Uh, lavender bitters are incredible. If you guys want to try your hand at making those, they pair exceptionally well with gin, especially for mm-hmm. a drink uh, like the gin old fashioned. I will say we make lavender bitters right now. It is so hard to get that lavender flavor. You have to use so much. So I use I yeah. use like almost six ounces of lavender in a gallon, and like six ounces worth of dried lavender is the whole gallon. Yeah, it takes up a lot of volume, so you you kind of lose some of that space. But it turns out dope. It turns out good. Um, it is dainty though, so maybe one of these other brands has something you know that these guys could get for as far as lavender and, mm-hmm. and some of these other flavors are just going to be a little bit easier to work with as far as making your own bitters because things like cinnamon and allspice and stuff like they really punch through so it's a little easier to you know get those flavors in the mix yeah. Uh, but yeah basically the moral of this story is that bitters are awesome they're awesome and they are actually very very important in the world of cocktails oh yeah you guys have probably seen some of these recipes and you see a little bit of booze, you see a little something else, you see a little of this, and then you see bitters. Yeah. I mean, it's just like food. You're not going to realistically cook anything and not season it. Yeah. I mean, you can. It just, it's flat, just like a cocktail. Yeah. It's just, it's kind of missing that that spark. Yeah. So, yeah, moral of this story is get out there and make some bitters, buy some bitters. Try some bitters. Try some bitters. Just, just bitter it. We're going to, yeah. And before long, you'll just drink them straight. Um, not all of them, but some. <laughs> some of them. Well, Angostura, <laughs> yeah, for like sure. Angostura. Yeah, join us. Uh, our next episode is going to be on Angostura specifically, right? Yep, we're going to dive into the largest, most amazing bitters company that's ever existed. Ooh, I'm excited. All right, well, we'll catch us next time, guys. Cool. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.